1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: Welcome to a tour special. This is Andy Heaton. I'm joined by Neil Dochin, and, uh, <laughs> and
1: we're both... love child, Seamus. <laughs>
0: and we're both delighted to welcome for a special WWE superstar Seamus into the tour studio. Seamus, thank you for coming down.
1: Thanks very much for having me again. I just want to say, Mick Hooknell, you are my dad. Um, please return my phone calls. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. And... That's pretty much it.
0: So, Seamus, start from the top. What what brings you to Liverpool? There's a show on tonight at the arena?
1: We have a show here at the Echo Arena. We're halfway through the European Tour. um, uh, It's been very, very successful so far. We did Smackdown in the O2 Arena in London last night. And now we're here in, I have to say, my my second home from home. Obviously Dublin, Ireland, but here in Liverpool.
0: And this isn't your first time doing it. I mean, you, you know the man to your to your right quite well. He showed you around Anfield last I know time. Well,
1: him. I, know, I know very, very well. i done a lot of interviews, did a lot of uh, stuff with Neil. So it's been, uh, it's, when, when, did we first, when was the
2: first uh, interview we did? I put you in a headlock at Anfield and you complained you had a sore <laughs> neck. Uh, that's what I remember. Um, what year was that <laughs> that was uh, 2014 Jesus I think Boy, we did a, years ago already yeah yeah coming up to it yeah we did a tour in um, a tour of Anfield one day it was a bit of a special treat for me I hadn't long been at Liverpool Echo and uh, I remember getting the call saying do you mind going around Anfield with a uh, that's Former WWE World Champion, <laughs> well, yeah, what, not That's a bad, not a bad day, was it? Getting to see the European Cup and it was great. It was great.
1: I think Teddy DiBiase was with me as well, and I think it was like the. I actually remember wearing the kit. It was the last time, the last Adidas kit Liverpool had. <laughs> ah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and I did a couple of interviews. It was, it was fantastic. Again, I didn't get to meet any of the players because I think they were away at the time, or um, but was magic. anytime you get to go downfield, it's very special.
2: Yeah, definitely. And obviously, I've seen you a couple of times out, um, out at various stadiums and in America. You have such a. Hectic schedule with WWE.
1: It's pretty, yeah. It's it's pretty hectic. You know, anytime I tell anybody what the schedule is, they just think they just think I'm mad. They just go like they just can't process the amount of travel we do on a weekly basis. It just blows people's minds. Um, and but you know when you're doing it like what, on the road, like, nine years going on ten years, it just uh, you know it just comes away a of life.
0: Yeah. But just to just to clear that up though, how many
1: days of the year are you are you actually on tour? Um, probably 290 days out of 365
0: I mean because we, we were joking before the record we were talking about how many miles you know they talk about in professional sports Yeah, miles in the legs etc etc and, and how far people study it now and I mean how hard is it in a series now? how hard is that to to be mentally switched on with time zones and then managing you know fitness diet etc cetera, etc cetera? it must be quite a challenge it is a
1: challenge yeah it's always a challenge but you know it's, to me it's all about habit you know creating habits and I think when you create a habit, it just becomes again a way a way of life. So yeah, I mean, to anyone else, it's it's very very difficult. Like, you know, you're like for example, we we worked we wrestled Christmas Day, We went all the way through to Mania. We had a couple of days off, then we went to South Africa. We had two days off, then went to Saudi Arabia. Had a couple of days off, and then we came over here and we're halfway through this tour. We, I mean, it just goes. The reason that's happening is because the company is getting bigger on a global scale so when I used to watch uh, WWE on, on Sky TV when I was a kid it was like kind of like America, Canada and the UK like it was just a, you know like a baby kind of thing uh, now it's just a global powerhouse all over the world and what comes with that is a lot of travel like even we're in the States and in the States stuff, we'll do like on one loop we could do anywhere between 600 miles I'm talking about like 800 miles in three days or four days I'm just driving you know um, which I'll do myself. Like I'm so accustomed to doing driving. Like I'll drive like uh, three hundred miles after a show. So you could start to drive, you're on last of the show, you're on you kinda of get out there at eleven o'clock at night. And then you drive five hours and um, you know, again the hotel at four in the morning. And that's also on top of leaving your house at four o'clock in the morning to fly into the town for the first show.
0: So the the, the company they, they leave you to kinda of do that yourself, they don't like lay on drive, you're kinda of responsible for your own schedule to, to a certain degree.
1: Yeah, they book our, our, our flights but we pay for our own hotels and we organize our own rental cars. Who, who, That's pay, all on us. Who pays for the laundry? Um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly don't pay for the laundry. But um, again, like it's just life on the road, you know, like you'll, you'll find hotels and there'll be laundry round your rooms there or whatever. And it's just, I have a schedule now where I actually bring my food on the road. I have a company called Nutrition Solutions, a good friend of mine, Chris Cavallini owns. and It's definitely helped maintain my physique and shape. But it's like... Uh, custom-made meals, like, you know, um, and I just basically have a big Yeti cooler and I put the food in there and it just lasts yeah. me for four days. So now I end up eating junk food on the roads because stops me from doing all that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I write about wrestling for the Daily Mirror and we did an article <coughs> that you covered something like 25,000 miles in 17 days after WrestleMania, yeah. which is crazy. I suppose the big question is like, how do you keep up with the Reds? <laughs> Easy, phones, man. Phones have changed the game, to be honest with you. like uh, It's funny.
1: With the World Cup coming up, I remember I had a BlackBerry in the 2010 World Cup was on South Africa. And I remember like trying to watch it stream it on my BlackBerry phone. I was, it was like, I mean, you could barely see it, but like, you know, it was the first time I, at the time I was like, wow, this is amazing. Now I have the NBC app, which means like no matter where I am uh, in the US, like I can watch any Liverpool game because all the games are available on the NBC yeah, app. Yeah,
0: you get more than us, don't you?
1: we do we get it all free like so you like Saturday morning now is great like well I mean it just depends on what time or what what if you're in what time zone you're in but there's a game at, if you're on the east coast which is five hours behind the UK there's a game at half seven in the morning then there's a game at like half nine or ten and then there's a game about like twelve half twelve so there's three games on every Saturday and then you have more games on Sunday there's a wealth of football and it's it's grown like I mean the, the the support for football, especially the Premier League, has just grown immensely. Like it's a brilliant idea because NBC are kind of starting to charge now for a couple of extra games, but there are free games and NBC is a free channel, so it's a great way of like you know because you're not gonna people aren't gonna pay to watch football over there with so many other sports, but it's a great <sighs> way to be on in the morning. Yeah. Bless you. Uh, so it's again it just allows me to be able to watch them.
2: And we have to pay for nearly everything here, so I know, right? It's, <laughs> crazy. A good deal, it's not great. Great deal. It's a great deal.
0: Have you ever been in the ring when a match has been on? Uh yeah, I have, definitely. is that, um, is that weird or is like No, I mean
1: not weird at all. Like because, you know, actually when like the Super Bowl's gone on too and like, you know, whatever basketball there's been shows on and there's been updates given. The whole time in the ring, the worst is when you're on like a charter flight or something, you know what I mean, depending on where you are. And, but I'm lucky enough on that because the games will be earlier because we're 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 behind, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, like I've been i watched football, I've watched, I've watched Premier League games and in, in uh, in India, in Dubai, in South Africa, you know, I've watched them all over the world.
0: How many times have you been to Anfield?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think maybe around 10, 10 times, 12 times. Yeah. The biggest thing for me was from Dublin. Is like I got we couldn't really afford to go over to Anfield. Mm. Um, my dad's also a Leeds fan, so I don't think he. So would, about him? He wouldn't want to bring me over there. But <laughs> I got I got to get over my uncle, and um, recently I got to get over a few times as well. But it was very very special for me. Anytime I get a chance to go.
0: So how does it feel when obviously because you travel around the world now you live in Florida? What's it like when you finally get the opportunity to actually be in town now? Is it? it, it does it stick out in the diary when you look at needs tour schedule? High,
1: highlight of the tour, like so. I was supposed to be on the Raw tour and we had a draft, which is a draft is where they they chop up the, the rosters like Raw and SmackDown are running like did on par like the p- parallel. We're both on tour and I was supposed to go to Dublin and Belfast, which you know it's great to get home because being in the, having to live in the states for this job, I don't get to go home that much. But when they took me off that, and then I saw Liverpool was on the SmackDown side. It, it didn't bother me one bit because I knew I was going to get to Liverpool and. Um, and you know, be involved with this, and just, you know, I was hoping to get to Anfield again today, but it didn't work out. But just any chance to get to come to Liverpool is amazing. Um, so it was kind of like a win-win. You know what I mean? So moving over here was just just as good for me.
2: And do we fans will have spotted, you know, over the years, little nods to your allegiances, uh, the Liverpool, not even that subtle Liverpool badge on your yeah. on your jacket that you wear down to the ring. Two of them. There's two of them. There's one
1: on the collar. The centenary one is on the collar, and then the other one that the, 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 the kind of like the big red patch which just you know. The bird, that's um that's basically on the side of the jacket too. So I have like two big the red one, the, the the main one is on this on the on the front of the jacket.
2: Yeah, and you've made the most of it a few times when you've gone to Manchester as well. Oh dude, I loved it. The first
1: time <laughs> I did it, I um I sang the Never Walk Alone and it was all on the fly. Because I was in there and there were like Roman Reigns, I was wrestling Roman Reigns. Bray got hurt, I wasn't supposed to wrestle him. It was after Mess WrestleMania 32 and I just, Roman was kind of, again, he's the kind of a baby face who people like to, you know what I mean? They're the good this, guy. Yeah. But people like to boo him too, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, he works his ass off, you know, but like this, that's kind of stigma like where they just want to boo him. So I went out there, sang and never walk alone and he'd never been cheered as loudly as, uh, as anyone. <laughs> but it was great. And then we did it again at TV. Uh, which was seen all over the world which that is the proudest moment I got uh, Cesaro to put on the kit we both put on the kit we had him hidden under the jackets and the kilts and we took him off mate the reaction was just unbelievable the hatred you could just feel the hatred from the Manc <laughs> fans uh, in the arena you know and um, it was just, it was just it was unbelievable I actually, after we, I actually won the titles too and then a bottle was thrown right in my head as well just whizzed past my head on the stage <laughs> after, after we won the titles um, it's still real to some people oh my god it was great it was, oh, it was unbelievable I'm just gonna think of something else there it was uh
0: but when you then when that Rooney got called out it was around well in
1: 2015. yeah 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 Wade, uh, Wade Barrett went down there and and, and uh, Rooney slapped him and he just wait kind of fell over or something like that yeah <laughs>
2: I was there in Manchester when you won the tag titles and I remember after that you came back out and again sang You'll sang, Never Walk Alone. Yeah. And and you had to be there to, to see it. People were genuinely like riled, like up in their seats. I because I sang all the words, everything
1: right, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it kind of reminded me like where I got the idea was there was um there was something on an old trafford. And the DJ was Liverpool. Do you remember this? There was Liverpool DJ there. I don't know what was going on. It wasn't a football game. It was some sort of thing going on there.
2: Oh, I think it might have been when you that won, was us. when the Anfield Rap won an award. So that, that was us. So basically... You we, guys did that? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> when they played the DJ,
1: started So, <laughs> yeah, so Stevie, <laughs> Steve, Stevie
0: Ritchie's like an old X Factor contestant. You know the X Factor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we went over there and we, we took the awards. We won Best Podcast at Old Trafford. And Stevie Ritchie sung You'll Never Walk Alone. And that's where it come from. And they were absolutely furious. I can't believe that many United fans drove up from London to be furious about it. Because <laughs> the ma- the yeah, they
1: weren't from Manchester, that's for I sure. That, that, oh, ho- that host
2: them. of one of the one of the uh, Hey, United-
0: synchronicity there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, yeah. the host of one of the United
2: podcasts lost his mind, didn't he? Oh, it was brilliant. Uh, did an interview outside the ground saying how it was a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: he, he walked out and then he walked back in again.
2: I mean like, oh, it's just I, did you see there's something on I saw on social
1: media the other day as well about like um, some Man United fan going off like using all sorts of profanity but he was um He's talking about like. If
0: those out. fucking Scousers. That
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Win, the, win the Champions League and all that. Man City are Premier League champions. He was living. It was great to see. I love that. Because, you know, here's the thing. I think as a Liverpool fan, we're never smug about it. Like, I really feel that way. Like, even when we're like dominating the the whole the, the English Division One title and we're, you know, close to winning the doubles all the time, never really shoved it in anyone's face. You know what I mean? When United came back from like out of the shadows, or whatever, you know, they just never never shut up they just never shut up about it you know the, during the Ferguson era um, and it's just like you know it's great you know I kind of think that like David Moyes was our Graham Sooness, you know what I mean it's just and that's scapegoat after scapegoat now for them Like, but like even, even when they went second I felt like even now I just feel like I I, I don't know first of all the mentality of Marinos that the chose went after getting sacked twice by Chelsea and by a lot of clubs I just it's just great to see uh, you know United on the other side of it you know like I'm not saying that as a no no in spite I just think it's great you know this is what you know this is what it's like and you know, well, their seasons, reality their
0: season's over and uh, ours isn't exactly are, are they, they in the FA Cup final? well, like, well, <laughs> we'll forget give them about that, that. We'll give them forget about that, forget that. that. You, can yeah. have a, you can have that they get beat no, Chelsea, I know anyway. I'm just saying like, it would be
1: great if Chelsea beat them
0: so just back back to the um. Cause I want to get all the football stuff at the end.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's good. No, no, no.
0: It's fine. No, it's fine. Andy's no, already right? No, Ernie. Neil, Neil's robbed off me questions, so I'm kind of <laughs> like, you know. Um, but just back to the, the business. Um, was keen to ask you, what's been? Has anything surprised you about it? Because obviously you go in with preconceived ideas. You you know you train. You need to be fit. You need to be this. You need to be that. What was the biggest surprise for you as a young as a young man at the time going into the business and then it and. It, I can say this because I've looked at it at like progressing so rapidly.
1: So I started, I went actually, I went over to the States, 2002. Um, I went to this Monster Factory place and it didn't work out. For Did you
0: go over there on your own
1: steam? Yeah, I left yeah. a really good job um, and I just wanted to go and do it and then it didn't work out. Your man just took me money straight away and it was just a bit of a shambles. And then uh, you know, my dad was at me like, just get back into a real job. So I started working again in IT. And then and then I just I couldn't get rid of the bug. And then school opened up in Dublin, Irish with wrestling. So I started wrestling with them. But then I knew after a while, I just knew I had to go and and like I knew I had to go elsewhere. Like so, I actually come out come over here to Birkenhead uh, for All Star Wrestling with Brian Dixon. So I fly to Liverpool Airport. So what happened was Friday when I'm once I'm done, I'd, uh, I was uh, living out or working out in swords. I jump in the car, and go straight to the airport. Take the last flight uh, into into Liverpool. I get picked up, dropped to Birkenhead, stay there, and then next morning we do like we do two Saturday show and a Sunday show, and then I basically sleep at Liverpool Airport. On Sunday night they drop me off the airport, and I take the first flight back to Dublin, and I go to work and do the shower and all in, in the in the office. So I shower there and go straight back to work. Any holidays I have, I do the same thing. I basically be over here, fly to Birkenhead, and just travel all over uh, the UK, wrestling for All Star Wrestling.
0: So that this is kind of the odds that people don't see. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I did put like time in, like. So I was over here. I was kind of flying under the radar, like you, you know. So there's a lot of guys, in NXT, like uh, Adam Cole or Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn or um, you know even Cesaro, Daniel Bryan. They all like, Daniel, they all like were Ring of Honor and these So they they had a lot more exposure uh, before they went into WWE, like you know, because they had their own cable. I didn't really have. I kind of went that route, but there wasn't really television proper television and for wrestling and so on I was just learning my way you know learning and then I got signed I did a couple of um, tryouts I got signed in 2007 in April after a couple of uh, attempts at getting signed I flew over to the States I knew I had a unique look There's, a, uh, I mentioned earlier on one of my closest friends Ray Senior uh, you know he just changed my mentality the way on the image I was portraying like I was trying to be like everyone else shaving my head you know putting on fake tanner and but I went over there and I knew it had a unique look that I'd never been seen before. There was never any pale wrestlers in WWE before. There was never, you know what I mean? Like, it was just long hair, short hair. I spiked me hair up, had a different vibe. And I brought a lot of, like, Celtic mythology into me, kind of the type of character I wanted to do. But when I got on there, my look was just so unique. No one had seen anything like it before. And it just, it just took off. And I was just hungry to learn. And that's it's like a sponge. And I just got a lot of resentment over it. But that's what happens when you're successful. You get a lot of resentment. Yeah. So but everything happened so fast. It's, and, and the career I've had, like it's been up, it's been down, it's been up and been down, but that's just the way it is. It's sometimes it'll batter you mentally. You'll you mentally you'll feel exhausted because a lot of the stuff is out, out of your hands. And that's why, like, you know, after WrestleMania thirty two, like I just started like um training with this guy Chris Cavallini and I just started like changing my training and changing my attitude and saying, Look, I just take control of what I can take control of. I'm going off on a tangent here, I suppose. No, no, carry on. But uh, it was just, I came to a point where I was just like, I was frustrated. And then, you know, after Mania 32, I didn't know where it was going. Like I felt, you know, I just, when I'm not going, if I'm not going forwards, if I, and I'm you know, like sometimes you have to go sideways, you know, but if you're, if you're going backwards, it's the most frustrating thing for me because I never want to go backwards. So change changed my train and that's where the whole Celtic Warrior Workouts YouTube channel came from. It was brave change. It was like, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone, people, you get, you get, you know, stuck in a rut with your training you see like you're going through the same thing it's like kind of like working at a job that you you know it just becomes boring or it's mundane routine and you don't make any gains and that's when i came the brave change idea came which is like stepping outside that doing different training training with different people and as if you ever if you check my youtube channel out it's like it started to motivate or motivate people too to try different workouts that i've done because i've trained since i was 16 and i'm getting blown up and worn out by these other workouts, but it's just an idea that that's where it came from. I wanted to, to take control of what I could take control of. And that was my training and my character and my image and, and doing different things.
0: Yeah. You know? in, just in, for, in, just focus on the things you can influence. Exactly.
1: And that's the thing, like, you know, you can get frustrated and then other people can get frustrated. You can be like, you can blame the world for why you're not going where you want to be, especially if you've been there, you know? And go like, oh well, you know, it's their fault. And but you know, it's the best thing to do is just take the onus on yourself and say, well, right now my career. And you see it like I've been four time tag champ. We could go through the list of everything I've won. But you know, I'm there ten years, so you could go through all these things and be like, well, it's their fault, their fault. But like, you just, when you step back and go, right, okay, okay, this is where I'm at right now. Um, what can I do? What else can I do to to you know to keep my keep my set my, my mind? Um, you know. I'm trying to think of the words. Keep here. focused. Focus, exactly. Yeah. It's been a long tour for me. <laughs> but focus, keep myself focused, keep myself motivated and make make you know strides in different directions. And the YouTube channel has been fantastic for me. Yeah. And I have a
2: lot of superstars to help. But like stuff like that. It's just taking control of what you can take control of. so as an observer of of, of Seamus' career, you to talk about All Star, that's been a launching pad for so many great talents uh, yeah. based in Birkenhead. Basically doing like holiday camps up and down the country and then you first go over to America. You sort of are in the developmental system where they're getting you ready for your big launch. And your launch was so big, you know, your first few months. Before in a matter of months, you're the first ever Irish-born WWE champion. And you know, you brought brought so much aggression uh, with you. You know, your character had so much aggression. You were you were going around just attacking these greats of the business like Triple H. And yeah. you say, you know, you, you could list your accomplishments, Money in the Bank winner, Royal Rumble winner, King of the Ring, all these titles. But there's so many variables, isn't there, in the world of WWE, how the fans react, what management are looking for at that time, who they want to promote. And, and it seemed like there was a turning point for you again when you were partnered in this program with, Sheamus, uh, with Cesaro, sorry, who's from Switzerland, really gifted technical wrestler. Yeah. The two of you worked this program and people wondered where it was going to go. And then you put together as a tag team the bar, and then that coincided with perhaps you maybe changing up some of your training, some of your style, bringing in more like MMA influence. Yeah. Uh, and then before you know it, you're one of the finest tag teams in the world, I think, in a lot of people's opinion. You know, over the last couple of years, the two of you just had just classic match after classic match on pay-per-view and produced some of the best work of your career, you know, at the age of 39, 40. Yeah, thanks for that. That's, that's, uh, I, that's, <laughs> that's, that's,
1: that's all that's class, man. I, I I just saying that I appreciate it. It's just it's funny because when I think about it, it's like it's all about embracing what you have, you know? And we could have easily both of us could be like, well, we don't want to do this, you know, we're both single stars and everything. And I'd never really been in a tag team situation before, but like that was the thing that made this work. Like the beginning was weird, like, because you're in a tag team situation, so then you're like in the ring together. Now, you are a tag team, but we just did that best of seven things, so we end up, like, smashing the, sh- smashing the shit out of each other <laughs> to, to get noticed again, and, like, that's how hungry we were, and, and we stole the show in the last match when people were like, we've seen this match so many times. We actually had one of the matches um, at a live event in 02 as well before we went to Manila, but when you get in there for the first time, you're kind of like, well, he's doing better moves than me, I need to do better moves as well, so you're kind of in competition, but ultimately that kind of disintegrated pretty fast. Like when we realized that like, you know, well, we just started working together, really working together. And we were always working there. We're always wanted to make it work. Cause anything that gave us want to make, make it work. But we're at a point now, like, it's just it, it's all about the team. It's all about, uh, Seamus and Cesaro. It's all about like what we do. And, and that's why we're such a good unit. We're all, we're selfish on what, on the moves, like we're in selfish on what we want to do. You know what I mean? It's all about what's, what's better, what's better for the team you know what i mean what what works better for the team and that's what it's all about and that's some problem some of the tag teams get into especially when you're single starting to come in you got to drop your ego on that because you're kind of thinking well is he outshining me and like is he is he like doing better moves than me or people just think oh it's just it's just cesaro and seamus or it's just seamus and cesaro like you, you know you can't think that way and then that's that's why it's worked so well and if you look at the, the evolution of the tag team uh we both wore our own gear. He still wore the suit. Then at Mania, when he came in. We still we wore the suit, uh, that kilt with the suit jackets. But we still had our own gear. And then we switched to our gear and then the camo jacket. So it's been a kind of like it hasn't been like okay, you see some tag teams and you're like, are right, you and you are together. The next day to have you have matching tag team gear. <laughs> it wasn't like that at all with us. And That's what I think was great about it. We still kept our individual uh, personalities and 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 um. So it wasn't what it
0: wasn't forced, is what you're saying. It didn't No, come.
1: it wasn't forced. It wasn't like here, like because that's what happens, you know. You go out and get the same matching gear and stuff, and now you're a tag team. But that's not about that. It was about the journey. And it still is the journey where we've come to right now is you know, you're 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 kind of morphed into the tag team, even though we're still tagging and still winning titles. And that's where it's come to right now, you know, we're a cohesive unit. You watch it on um on, on Tuesday. Doesn't matter who you put in the ring with. we'll we'll steal a show we'll tear it down and we'll put on great matches and everybody knows that. Everyone knows. And, and I think, I still think people are a little bit underrated um, as, as how good we are because we know that there's nobody better than us.
0: Do you enjoy it? I mean, well, I mean, from a sense of actually the live experience of actually being in the ring because the, 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 the actual it. thoughts of it terrify life out I of me. Mean, yeah,
1: no, I love it. I still get nervous for it out there but I love it. You know the thing is too like the New Day as well. New Day have been one of my uh, favourite opponents because when I we first started doing it, I, Cesaro was, I still cheered and I was booed because I was a heel. He was the babyface put together. We do the yay boo thing. But like at the end of the match the new day that, you know, we all but danced. It's It stopped me getting in and I end up dancing in the ring. Now it was before like Celtic warrior is so serious. He would never do this. And, but like, it just changed my whole mentality and stuff. Like rather than worrying about stuff that doesn't really matter. It's all about going out there and entertaining the fans. And, and just, I'm and being myself, you know, obviously I'm turned up and you're in the ring. you like you know, you're out there, you're you're yourself, but you're like, you just, you know, I feel just like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Bless you. And uh, I hope you're not allergic to me. <laughs> but um, it's like, even now, like, you know, with the kilt on and having the crack and eating, uh, you know, looking stereo cereal, before, like, not taking yourself too seriously. But when the bell rings, you go out there and you still kick ass and you still have a great time. But, like, I've just learned to take, like, the Celtic, Celtic warrior that happened in 2009 was awesome. He was great. He was serious. He was one-dimensional. He was an ass-kicker, and that's great. But you can't do that forever because then it just becomes, especially when you're like a show, like if you're Brock Lesnar or something and you come in like three or four or five times a year, right? That's grand. You can do that. You know what I mean? Because you see yourself five times a year. But if you're on TV week after week after week, that just becomes stale and boring. It has to be an evolution, and once I embrace the fact that there has to be an evolution, I just feel like I have more fun now than I ever have.
0: Like more, 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 of a personality. Yes, yeah, exactly.
2: The, exact the, f- the more you let the fans see your real personality, the more the fans can sort of get behind you and warm to you as well. The more they yeah. appreciate you as a, as a more than just a performer, you know. Yeah, and they know, they know, they know when you're trying to yeah. be this
1: character that you're not. Like they know. They just, they just know. Like he's putting that on or
0: whatever. Like. You can't you can't sell a lie constantly every day, can you? You've got to like, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you're doing it day in day out, you you, you can only really be yourself, yeah. can't you? Otherwise, you're gonna it's transparent.
2: Absolutely. I'm gonna segue here, but talking about people trying to be something they're not, I want to talk about <laughs> Daniel Bryan and Fandango trying oh, to cl- trying anyway, to, trying to claim that they're Evertonians is Daniel Bryan claiming he's Evertonian he, yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's Robbie Brookside's handy work right there that's a yeah, the Scalp's name but, ever by the way Robbie Brookside scu- Robbie scu- Brookside yeah ever. from Kirkdale
1: I've spoken to him a couple Brookside. of times he's a big blue WWE trainer uh, he saw me yesterday I was standing out the ringside he just came over like looking all oh, smug you and all I was like yeah I was like you know what's going on he's just like he just he hates the fact that we're in the Champions I said Champions League final he goes uh, I said are you going to support Everpool he goes am I what he goes, I'm playing a Real Madrid kit. I was like, I said, dude, just because you picked the wrong team, you know. So, just bringing it. I'm just joking. Nah. Just, both teams have like a great history, and like
0: you haven't got to be polite. Say what you want. So you really you know think. what? Like, I just, I don't get it.
1: Right? I kind of do get it. Like. I'm not being bad, right? A Liverpool fan, but if it was Everton taking on, like I remember, like, I supported Everton when they took on Man United in the FA Cup final a couple, of, you know, at that time. And if they're playing Real Madrid, yeah, I was, you know, they are they are a team based in the city of Liverpool. There is a rivalry there between us. If it's us or them, it's definitely us. But you know, but like for some reason, obviously because it's like, you know, it's like I've put it this way: it's like twins. Liverpool are Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Everton are Danny DeVito.
0: <laughs> tomorrow's front page of the Echo <laughs> um, right so just to bring it back a little bit because we're all kind of a similar age and I, I wanted to talk about I mean your idols when you were a kid getting into yeah. wrestling one thing and the other because I'm guessing you're round about the similar era to me when uh, Ultimate Warrior Savage when Taker first came on the scene was it round about
1: yeah it was kind of, yeah so who, yeah.
0: Who, who did you who influenced you out of that
1: first guy was Macho Man Randy Savage okay. without a doubt and he was a bad guy then as well Never really got into the never got into the Hogan thing ever. And I never just... had no interest in the Hogan thing. I missed the whole uh, Hogan the, the the rise of Hulk Hogan. I was never into it. Like Macho Man was just to me it was amazing. Just the way he looks, the way that he went to top rope, and that many people went to top rope back then. He just had so much charisma. He had Elizabeth. It was just a whole thing that just just came together really well. After that, I was a big fan of the Ultimate Warrior. I loved him, his energy. I didn't care like when he got in the ring if people thought he couldn't wrestle or not. Like The fact was, Ultimate Warrior's energy just coming to that ring was just breathtaking. It was like everybody wanted to be him. As a kid, he just wanted to be him. He had the paint on. He was just incredible shape. Like he was carved out of stone and he just come in the ring with so much energy. Like that again, that that's what it's about. Like you see the greatest wrestlers in the world, like technical, and people don't remember who they are. Because it's not about that. It's about being this like this larger than life personality. And when he came to the ring, he shook the ropes and got in the ring. That's and he gorilla pressed the guy. And that's all you cared about. That's what you wanted to see, especially as a kid. Like this is the bleeding. This isn't a man. This is like a superhero off the pages of a DC or Marvel comic yeah, book, yeah. you know? Um, after him, Bret Hart. The I mean, reason I like Bret Hart was because he's so, like, a champion. Like, he's vulnerable. So, I, as a kid, I loved Spider-Man, right? And the thing about Spider-Man I loved was the fact that he'd always get his ass kicked. And it was, like, he wasn't a Superman deal where he, nobody can beat him. But it was, like, this vulnerable character, right? And that was the thing about Bret. Bret would get the, the shit kicked out of him. But he'd still come back. You know, he'd fight back. He'd fight back. You'd have to, you'd have to beat him with a bleeding, with a, with, a, with a shovel. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Or drop a bleeding, uh, drop a concrete... Concrete block on him, just to, like to put him out. But he just kept fighting back. And it, you know, you could just for me as a kid, like a teenager. Then at the time, I had so much respect for that because just the, it's the it's the fighting the dog. You know what I mean? And he wasn't as big as the other guys. Then obviously Austin uh, Rock, but I was a bigger bigger Austin fan. Austin was was fantastic. And then for Triple H as well. You know, like Triple H's intensity. It was all about like if you watch me in my first beginning of my career, it's very intense. And that Triple H had that intensity that you know. I loved, and that's what I try I brought, bring to the ring as well.
0: It's, it's funny, you mentioned Randy Savage and Bret Hart there, because two of my earliest memories of wrestling was Randy Savage actually proposing to Miss Elizabeth in the ring. Yeah. And also... After think, the match with the Warrior. And then there was SummerSlam, uh, I think it was SummerSlam where Bret Hart missed the perfect, and he broke the perfect plaques for the first time, yeah. and then got him in the... Got
1: him in the sharpshooter. Yeah,
0: and we were saying before the show about... Um, Back then, and it's not so much now. It's a different era with obviously Vince McMahon, Triple H. But back then, there was the was whole character of the managers and stuff yeah. like that. You had Paul Bearer, Jimmy Hart, and one thing and the other. So speaking of managers, and uh, Sam Allardyce getting sacked today. Uh, if you could pick any Premier League manager to look after your look after yourself, who would it be? I
1: Have to be Klopp. Yeah. Have to be. I mean, like, there's no doubt about it. He's the most not just not Liverpool side of fact. Liverpool, being Liverpool fan and avid, mega Liverpool fan aside uh, put that aside he's got the most personality just look at all look at all, like even on NBC as I said that's why he's watching in the States or like Sky people reporters just want them they want them on camera they want to be around them they want to know what he's going to say because he's got that personality it's theater, isn't and it? that's what it about yeah he just, and, it, and he is he's just been himself as opposed to like you've seen it so many times over the years like the wooden like the managers are so wooden they go in there and they give you three things it's like the last thing they want to do is be standing there talking to a reporter about a uh, about the match or whatever, they just don't want to be there. Klopp wants to be there. He just wants to be. He wants to talk about it because he loves football. He loves talking about it. He's not afraid to. Remember, what was the time? Did not he say that? To... I know, was watching on NBC one time and he, he dropped the f bomb uh, on live. Oh, he, he done it the... about
0: three times. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know that. You know that. You know
1: there's a fella who just has to crack. You know what I mean? Who just it doesn't yeah. care. Like he's, and that's the attitude he probably has. And the, um, there's probably plenty f bombs that go. In the locker room, but not in a negative way. Just in a, in a just a hyperactive way, you know. It's not like, here's the thing: you look at like the Fergus near and all that. You hear like the, the hairdryer stuff. I feel like that feels like you're in school. Do you know what I mean? It feels like you're, you're, your your headmaster is talking to you and just giving, you, and you're just, you're more afraid not to perform well, as opposed to going. Clock it was one it who's it your mate and your manager. And like, you know, I'm going to go out there and make him proud. I'm going to make him proud of me and, and do. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's the dynamic I feel. Um, and that's why I definitely had one club Klopp. So up about
0: yeah, can can and back on to Liverpool just to wrap this up because we're on limited time.
1: Arnie's over there giving us grief. You what, right, uh, Are you fine?
0: Are you fine? Yeah, he uh, oh, no, we're fine, no, we're fine. See, Arnie said, said we're fine. you go, see. I just don't want to make you late. Um, what's your favourite moment in the season so far? Of the this this season, season, so this far, season so
1: far? far? I would have to be uh, the deconstruction of uh, Manchester City. And yeah.
0: Did you get to watch that live?
1: Yeah, I did. It was incredible. Uh, I just, it just showed like Man City hadn't been beaten. And then just went in and we just took them, took them, took, them, took the took the piss out of them, just took them apart. And you could even see like Pep Guardiola. It was like Pep, Pep Guardiola had been just being kicked in the, in the nuts. You know what I mean? It just like <laughs> it was he was sick, and it just showed like man, your team ain't as invincible as you think they are. You know. And then of course we knocked him out of the Champions League as well, which was great. Um, you know, I, uh, a lot of respect for Man City what they've done. You know. Um, like I definitely prefer a city over Man United if like they're playing each other. But uh, actually, we got to go to go to Man City, and I wore my Liverpool shirt on the pitch when I had a penalty uh, penalty shootout with Cesaro, which was really, really cool. You know, Cesaro did the slide on the pitch when the groundskeeper wanted to lead and murder him. But, um, <laughs> uh, we're the only non-professional uh, footballers who actually were able to do that. On, 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 All uh, right. at, 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 who won the uh, shootout? Uh, yeah. I'm
2: not going to talk um, all right, t- <laughs> one for Cesaro, yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's a bollocks. Um, but uh, but yeah, but the, it's just that's we, we've got to mention the final, too, as well. Um, League final coming up, yeah, there is a big Real Madrid, a big vocal. I
0: saw this, final. I yeah, not Rusev, yeah,
2: yeah, he's a scumbag. You're on, you're he's,
1: on one of, he's one of my best mates, but he's a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> he took her song, the, the Salah Mane song, and he, yeah, he basically changed him with Ronaldo, and yeah. Whatever, what's it, Ramos, what's, what's the guy's name? The centre half. It oh, a, Ramos. Ramos. It,
0: it was a poor effort.
2: It was You've been at it at all already. Are you going to be seeing, are
0: you seeing him tonight?
1: I will. I see him every night on this tour, yeah. Do you
2: know, have a word, yeah? <laughs>
1: You know, to me, he loves rubbing it in. But that's the thing. Me, Cesaro and Rusev are very close. As friends go, we're pretty close. You know, we all love football. Uh, we're all European. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how he supports Real Madrid, considering that Stoichkov played for Barcelona, who's one of Bulgaria's most famous players. And so, and he? Yeah. still follows Real Madrid, and he's Bulgarian. At least I have the excuse of being across the pond in Dublin, which is very close to Liverpool. And also there's four Irish players who played for Liverpool, Whelan, uh, Staunton, Houghton and Aldrich. Aldo, who actually stay in touch with a lot, to be honest with you, Aldo's great. You know what I love about Aldo is, man, he's got so much passion for Liverpool. Like, there's a lot of ex players he's not really hearing much about. But there's a there's a there's a true, you know, scouser. a like, true Liverpool fan. Like, he's just he's always in tick of it. He just loves the club. Always, always involved. In what's going on? Always passionate about the wins and the losses. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's in. He's like, you know, he's right there. Like, involved in there. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah, you get the feeling he's one of us. Yeah. You know, he is. You know, At the power some players, who yeah. just you know.
0: But it, it, it's funny you mention that because we've been we've had Ronnie Wheeling in twice in the last four weeks, and um, it's brilliant. This Liverpool side, the things it does to people because you you see Ronnie every now and again, but the excitement that this side, and Mo Salah, everything just yeah. builds up in front of in these old fellas who haven't. But we're a similar age. We know we know each other away from all this. And our fathers a yeah. similar age, and they yeah. met in the, the final last year. And it's brilliant, you know, to see the lights the lights going in your dad's eyes again, and it's like
2: yeah. Great, incredible! That's incredible. what this team's all about. This current team, isn't yeah. it? They just they just bring chaos and the unexpected. And whether it's Man City or Roma or Dortmund, yeah. Yeah. you know, any of those teams can just be put to the sword by what Amazing. we've got. And exactly, yeah, it's a special time, isn't it for Reds? Do you know That's where great. you're going to be on at the 26th of May?
1: I'll probably be back in the states. I was just telling uh, Ernie earlier on. There, come over here, Ernie. Let me see you.
0: Hold on the camera? This is Ernie.
1: Look, she cute. She, there he is. Look at him. That's Ernie. Okay. Not as big as Arnold Schwarzenegger, but uh, not
0: far off.
1: Not far off in his in his own warped mind. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll be in the states. I'm going to go back to. Uh, I'm going to go. I live in Nashville, but like I'm flying into Boston after this tour because. So I might just stay there because it would be really good. It should be really good. Liverpool supporter, um, supporter bars. You know what I mean. The thing we'll, is, we'll, like,
0: we'll, we'll link you up.
1: Well, I, I'd love you to because here's the thing like, people are asking me about tickets if I'm going to go to the, the First of all, I wouldn't know how to get to the final or tickets for the final. And second, it wouldn't be fair for me to go around and take a ticket off someone who's been, you know, following the team around, um, you know, all season or whatever and going to every game and spending all their money, you know, hard money to go see and support the club. That's the that's the worst part of this whole thing. That The only downfall to getting the final like this is when, like, the, 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 the supporters, the hardcore supporters who have been there every step of the way don't get a chance to get a ticket because some, some tosser, you know what I mean? Whatever, a, toy a well, You're not wearing a toy, are you, Grant? No, But You are. No, I don't I'm mean that.
0: <laughs> no, no, you... But could, you know what I'm saying? Stay just gonna
1: go to the oh, I think I'll go to the final, you know, and just takes take ticket away from somebody who, you know, who deserves to be there. That's really it.
0: Right, to wrap the sub score prediction for the final.
2: 3-1 Liverpool. What do you reckon, Neil? I'm going to go 3-2. 3-2 Three, 3-2 two. Three, two to the Reds I'm
0: going with you man 3-1 that's been an absolutely brilliant special Seamus thanks again for coming in Neil Thanks nice for coming in pleasure uh, good luck tonight and the rest of the tour and uh, that's another tour special
1: just a little point here before I go it wouldn't be possible to do all these podcasts and everything without Ernie here he is an avid Liverpool fan I'm not taking the piss here but seriously uh, a lot of the stuff I've done through Liverpool and I think in Manchester he's definitely helped work this whole thing out so Ernie I appreciate it mate thank so, you very so much.
0: Play subscriber aren't we am we are. There you go. We get everywhere. Those. I'm ways. a
1: Liverpool fan too. He's right.
0: I'm gonna get your subscription as well, mate. Absolutely. We'll sort it out. Cheers. You. That's it. Thank you. Goodbye.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.